You may have thought that there would be a pause in women's basketball between the WNBA finals and the start of the college season, but think again, it's 11 days of the FIBA World Cup 2022, and we're here to talk about it all right now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday, friends. It is September 26th. 2022. I am Missy Heydrich. I'm the National Women's Basketball Correspondent for the next and so happy to have you here with us. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Missy Heydrich and be sure to follow this podcast at Lockdown Women's Basketball and of course everything at the next at the next hoops. September is always a weird month because it's kind of the end of the WNBA season. Congrats to Las Vegas on their championship. And we await college basketball to kick off. But the 2022 FIBA World Cup is off and running down under in Sydney, Australia. We've got the rundown on Team USA and their qualifying round games, international stars who are shining on this stage, and then what has to happen for Team USA to get that gold medal next weekend. I am so happy to be joined today by Isabella Rodriguez, one of the outstanding journalists that covers women's basketball at the next and beyond. She's been reporting on this 2022 FIBA World Cup and is here to give us all the news and notes, and we dive right in. All right, Isabel, let's just set the stage for everyone so they kind of understand how this World Cup works. 12 teams, they're in Sydney, Australia. They're broken up into two groups, Group A, Group B, six teams in each. Everybody has qualifying rounds, then it heads to the knockout round. Let's just dive in a little bit first off and look at the two groups, kind of how they have been separated, what stands out to you, and then we'll talk a lot about Team USA in just a moment. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's great to be on here with everybody. Um, I'm really happy to be on the podcast. Uh, I think this is my first one, which is kind of cool. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, we can just run through run through the two groups. So in Group A, um, which is arguably the less competitive group, but I feel like has turned into slowly turned into the more competitive group over the over kind of the the course of the World Cup, despite you know, how competitive or like how close the teams are in group B. Um, for sure, you have Team USA, which at this point is kind of in a, in a class of its own. Right. Um, the U.S. have really put up performances, including the one that came last night, which broke a ton of records um, in terms of high scoring for both Team USA in the World Cup and also the World Cup itself uh, with 145 points, I believe it was. Um, so they just are out of this world. And it's it's clear to me, at least, um, watching them play, that this is not even like one, not even ten percent of what they could possibly do. Um, so their their output um, on the offensive end, especially, um, is just astronomical and really hard to understate. Um, on the defensive end, though, I think that's where Team USA have kind of um, let a couple of things slide. Um, they did give up. Um, I think it was. Uh, yeah, 69 points to Korea yesterday, um, which was about the same that they gave up to uh, China and also 
to Belgium when they played before. So really not able to put in as much defensively as they might have liked to um, during that game. So I think that'll be a focus for them going forward, especially as they're already in the quarterfinals. Um, they already have that spot locked down and they're most likely going to be that top spot no matter what happens, um, unless China has like another couple of blowout wins, which I sincerely doubt. <laughs> um, right especially since um, the last game the U.S. has is against Bosnia and Herzegovina, which we will talk about in just a second. Um, But yeah, so I think that's kind of the trajectory for Team USA is just making sure that they can lock down that defense um, and really figure out what went wrong um, on that end uh, during the game against Korea. Um, Otherwise, in Group A, um, China is, is the next top player. Um, China has really um, put out a good showing, I think, especially against the U.S. Despite losing to the U.S., I think they really put in a good effort. Um, Meng Li, I think, has been a particularly good standout to me. I've really enjoyed watching her play. She's an excellent outside shooter, uh, which they definitely need with the the size that that team brings, um, making sure that they can kick the ball out and actually have someone to make shots from the perimeter is, is really nice. So having her there has been great. Um, and then obviously Han Zhu has been killing it, tearing it up on both sides of the floor um, and just putting in really impressive performances on top of um, on top of the starting lineup that they that they're able to bring. So um, China, I think, is one to look out for. Um, Belgium I would have been on my list as well if it wasn't for uh, Emma Miesemann going down with a calf injury earlier um, today, I believe. Well, I guess today, Eastern time, yesterday, um, yesterday, Sydney time. Um, But she exited the game against, uh, I think it was Bosnia, um, early in the third quarter. Um, It looked like a non-contact injury. Um, Our Jen Hatfield uh, is is digging into that at the moment to see really what's going on. But it looks like she's going to miss the rest of the World Cup um, and potentially extended time after that. So um, That's a huge huge blow for them. I mean, just really because mm -hmm. she was the focal point, really what they built that Belgium team around not to have her and they had a very competitive game against the United States. I mean, that was an 87 72 win for the U S people say 15 points when you would, but when you look at some of these other scores, that was mm-hmm. one of the more competitive games that team USA had to deal with. And so when you take right. a player like that out, it really does change what they may be able to do going forward. Yeah. And I mean, even in um, their game against Puerto Rico, which they, basically scraped by with a three point win. Um, I mean, I have to wonder how, because, because the injury was non-contact and because it was so immediate, I have to wonder if she's been playing with that pain and with that injury for a long time um, because she really has looked a little bit more stagnant than she normally does. Um, Which, I mean, at least I'm just happy that this at least gets her some rest. (laughs) She's talked about how intense the schedule is. And so, yeah, everybody deserves that rest. Um, <laughs> let me ask you about Group B because in yes. Group B you've got Australia, Canada, France, Serbia, Mali, and Japan. And now, right. if people that want to flip their dial back and go to the gold medal game at the Olympics, the United States beats Japan ninety to seventy-five for that gold medal mm-hmm. win. Now, again, this is a very different Team USA, but. It seems to me that that's going to be a team that's going to be circled on the list as we start heading forward. What have you maybe seen out of Japan? What have they brought to the table here in these first few games at the World Cup? Sure. Yeah. So I think Japan at this point, I believe with that loss to Serbia this morning, um, 
think it was this morning. Um, we're just kidding. They played Australia. No. France, sorry. So many games are going on. There's six games every day, so my brain's a little bit all scattered. But they lost to France earlier this morning. Um, and so I believe that um, has has officially prevented them from getting into the quarterfinal, um, which I think is, is, is really um, pretty staggering for folks, um, especially coming out of that Olympics. I mean, they had some pretty significant changes roster wise um they've played really differently to how they played before i wouldn't be surprised if we see significant coaching changes going forward as well um so yeah i think it's it's looking more in depth at at what happened between the olympics and now um is a really interesting story to follow and especially what the aftermath is going to be um in terms of who we see come back and and who who does it so um, one player, or at least a couple things that I will say about Japan that I liked um, and that I that I enjoyed seeing um, is that, like, especially on because they they had a lot of offensive struggles and and they really just couldn't get shots to fall. But um, Maki Takada, who was uh, one of their like only inside threats, um, she just put on a really good defensive showing, um, and she was always giving 110. percent um, she had some really impressive blocks that I, I had to go and watch back and, and just was giving a really good effort. Um, so I think she she's my standout um, from Japan, but it's really hard to pinpoint someone else who was really as consistent and, and delivered, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, that one I think is a really interesting is a really interesting case study. Um, same goes for Molly. I think folks expected a lot more out of them than they were able to give, although to be fair, I mean, they came in pretty last minute. Um, I think it, they were the ones replacing Nigeria after Nigeria had to pull out because of their basketball federation basically messed up <laughs> um, and prevented them from from joining the World right. Cup and then retracted it and it was this whole thing. But um, yeah, so Mali lost four of its games um, of its six, so is officially out of the running as well. Um, but um, I think there is a lot of potential with them, especially with Sika Kone, who... Um, I believe is with the Liberty. I could be wrong about that, but um, she, she's been drafted. And so she'll be in the WNBA at some point. I would, that I'm like almost certain of, um, but they just really needed to, to find some other folks to put around her. Um, we've seen, especially, I mean, Bosnia and Herzegovina is another good example of this, but just one player teams or teams that are centered around one or two players just really struggle in this yeah. tournament because of the pace, because of the number of games. I mean, you just watched John Carl Jones in the last game that she played. Like she looked exhausted, yeah. exhausted. <laughs> and right. it's because she's playing so much time and because they really rely on her as their primary piece. Um, and while Molly is a little bit different, they have tried to, to set up an offense that's more balanced. I mean, it's still going to fall on the players that have the most talent on that roster to put up the points and it just hasn't been enough. So. Absolutely. Okay, so in just a moment, we talk about rosters, and for those that have been following, and they know that this Team USA roster does look different. So we dive <laughs> into that in just a moment. It is a very new look for Team USA, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, along with some of the other star power that we are seeing in the World Cup. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. 
And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, the playoffs are right around the corner, MMA, boxing, golf. We had the President's Cup last weekend. It is going to kick back up on the PGA Tour. Head to betonline.net to use your mobile device to learn more. I reside in the state of Kansas where betting is now legal, and you're going to have a hard time finding anybody that I know that on a weekend isn't on their phone and on an app, especially Bet Online. Checking scores and seeing what they have down. So bet online where the game starts. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heidrick, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. I am here with Isabella Rodriguez. We are talking all things 2022 World Cup. Uh, Sydney, Australia, down under. The time change has us thrown off because we think some things are where they are. But regardless of time change, Isabella, let's talk about this Team USA because mm-hmm. this now is Cheryl Reeves' team. Uh, this oh, yeah. <laughs> group, she has put this together, and it looks very different. Now, mm-hmm. there are, I believe we've got five players that are on this roster that were part of the Olympic team, but a mm-hmm. lot of new faces, and I think that that is – you know, I know I feel like that's where Team USA and USA basketball has to move is that this has to be we have to start thinking about that next generation of player that can have long term success, that they're able to, um, you know, be able to contribute for multiple years, multiple, uh, whether it's World Cups, Olympic teams, etc. But when you think about show reason, the way she likes to play. I feel like this roster and the star power around it is what's starting to find its footing. And I think they're doing that here in these first few games of the World Cup. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, um, Alex Simon, who's over at Bay Area News Group, and I have been doing some of these late night. um, We've been watching some of these late night games um, over on playback. um, But um, yeah, I think one thing that we've consistently talked about is just how many new faces that Team USA has brought to this World right. Cup event and what that means for what the roster will look like for the Olympics and for future Team USA events. And, and just like by nature, and this is something that Alex says a lot and that, I, that I've echoed, is just that by, by nature of bringing so many new people, you're going to naturally have people who this is their first and maybe last event with Team USA. Um, And so uh, I think it's interesting to watch the minutes distribution that Cheryl has put through Um, last game. I think um, it took until the early fourth quarter for us to see anything from Sabrina Ionescu. Um, She just hasn't seen all that much on the floor. Um, Same thing with Brianna Jones has been a little bit more limited, although she did put up a huge line yesterday despite that. Um, and so I think just seeing who the main folks are that she, that she tends to rely on and then, and then who comes off the bench most frequently has been really interesting to watch. Well, and I, you, we go back to that. And so for all of this say, okay, well, tell me the five names. All right. Brianna Stewart, Ariel Atkins, Chelsea Gray, Jewel Lloyd, Asia Wilson. Those mm-hmm. are the five players that were part of the Olympic squad that are on this roster for Cheryl Reese. But as we said, a lot of other new names. Now, a player like Kelsey Plum, she had an outstanding season for the Aces, mm-hmm. the WNBA title. She arrives um, in Sydney a few days later. 
But let's keep in mind, she also won an Olympic gold medal in the three-on-three at the last Olympics. So she is not someone who is brand new to USA basketball and the international scene. I think one of the players that I was surprised at that has not only been on this roster, but maybe an impact type player is Shakira Austin, the rookie. Mm -hmm. Ole Miss Mm -hmm. had a fantastic season, a breakout year in the WNBA. She gets that double-double versus Puerto Rico with 19 points and 10 rebounds. Huge. All of a sudden, this just looks a little bit different than maybe it has in the past, but I have a feeling that that's what Cheryl Reeves is after, that this has to be that next evolution of what Team USA and what USA basketball looks like. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, just looking at the the folks that she has put on her starting lineups um, has been really interesting, um, especially because we talk a lot about in women's basketball and basketball in general, this idea of positionless basketball and moving away from traditional positions and traditional, like a, like a true five or a true point guard, moving yeah. away from those, those set positions to people who can be flexible and move within positions. Um, I think honestly, especially because of the turnaround, having so many players that can play at multiple spots and really be able to change their mindset from one second to the next has been really beneficial for them um, because I mean, this team hasn't been together for like at all um, in its final form has really like, I mean, you're putting players that were playing against each other in yeah. the WNBA finals on the starting lineup in Alyssa Thomas and Asia Wilson and, and Chelsea Gray. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's no further antithesis of, of what those two teams were doing in the WNBA finals to then have them come over to Sydney, Australia <laughs> on this huge time difference and to have them, play as well as they have is just remarkable. Like it's, there's no other way to put it. It is like astounding to watch how well that they've been able to transition. Um, well, I, I think it goes back to, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk. And I think if you, uh, you know, there's some outstanding documentaries and things that have, have looked at the evolution of USA basketball and both the men's and the women's side, mm-hmm. the one that came out the, this summer about, uh, you know, the women and uh, I believe it was the 96 team under Tara yeah. Van Revier. You know, but it there's always been this back and forth as it relates to collegiate players and the professionals. And if you think mm-hmm. about it, for a long period of time, there wasn't a group of professional basketball players on the women's side that you could go to until the late 90s, The mm-hmm. you know, that that was really even something because most players right. were in Europe. They weren't really available. We can talk about the men's dream team because they could go to the NBA and pluck those best players. It was simplistic. The mm-hmm. women's team and that evolution has changed. But as you said, I could look at players that stood across from each other at jump in the NBA finals now on the same roster and think, but you know what? You're pro. Like, this is how you've got to be able to get this work done. Uh, we know they, they were given a playbook, literally had to get Wi-Fi on the plane on their way over to go over the playbook. <laughs> I mean, up to them because that is a pro, somebody that's able to show up and get the job done. I mean, just one story that's related to that that I – I think it was Alexa Philippou who's over at ESPN. She mentioned this at some point earlier, but Asia Wilson came in before this game, like just a couple of like, not even a full day ago, I think at this point. Um, And she came to the first practice um, that she was able to get to. And Cheryl had described her as like kind of woozy, like not totally sure of like, like not because of like the ACES celebration, but because of the fact that she had to get all these plays together and like have a handle on what was going on. 
and was to the point that she kind of accepted coming off the bench and having a limited role, her first game back puts up 20 points, eight rebounds. Like (laughs) the turnaround that is expected, like even when it's not expected, the turnaround that they end up producing is like, I have no words, (laughs) which is bad for a podcast, but I. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let me ask you real quickly about uh, two players that I know jump off the page on other teams. They both of them on squads that are in group B of which the United States and team USA may most likely will match up with possibly at some point when they head to the Mm -hmm. knockout round. Kia Nurse, uh, Mm -hmm. a household name for WNBA folks, and played at at Connecticut. She returns to Team Canada this year. Also, two other players, two Minnesota Lynx players on that Team Mm -hmm. Canada, in Bridget Carlton and Natalie Achunwa. Achunwa, Mm -hmm. that's an interesting storyline. But also Lauren Jackson. She returns to to Australia and to the Opals. Just real quick, before we talk more about Team USA and how they head to that knockout round, what kind of impact do you see those players having? Oh, my goodness. I mean, Bridget Carlton, the last couple of games, has just been phenomenal. I mean, she is like the the rock that Team Canada really has needed. I mean, they have Nira Fields, who has put up consistently great performances. Um, but she's more of an outside threat. She's kind of like a Kalia Copper type of really getting into the basket, but doing so off the dribble um, right. and really taking those open lanes. Um but Bridget Carlton, I mean, is your she's as steady of a of a shooting guard as well as an inside threat that you could possibly get. And especially combined with her defensive capabilities, I mean, she's been excellent the last couple of games. Um, and has been a large part of why why Canada up until today was three and with no losses in a really competitive group. Um, especially, you know, um, especially with their team kind of coming together also kind of like Team USA, kind of last minute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bridget's been – just I have no I have no notes. <laughs> um, but, um, so yeah, and then Natalie Achanwa, I think we haven't seen a ton of offensive production from yet, um, but her defense has been pretty key to Team Canada as well. Kia Nurse, obviously she's coming back from an ACL injury. Um, this is her first time playing since the playoffs last year, so she's taking it – slower to start, but she's been there in those critical moments for Team Canada, which I think uh, bodes well both for her ability to to continue playing through the rest of the cup and well into the WNBA season next year. Um, I think you can you can be pretty pumped about that um, if you're especially if you're a Phoenix Mercury fan and there's not a ton to be pumped about. Um, that's definitely one story that you can get excited about. Um, and then on top of that, I mean she obviously brings such energy to that to that Canadian team. And so having her on the floor has been really nice to see. Um, yeah, yeah. So excellent stuff from beginners. You got it. Absolutely. All right. And just a moment. Then, yeah. Do we want to chat about Lauren Jackson? Yeah, or do we're you going to have- talk about Lauren in just a moment, but first okay. what I want to do is uh, we we're going to talk about Lauren Jackson and we're going to dive right into the role to that gold medal and what that looks like for team USA and what they've got to do down under. Hi, everybody. It's Missy Heydrich, and I am here locked on women's basketball. And the next, thank you for joining us. Isabel Rodriguez, before we talk about Team USA, let's talk about Lauren Jackson. You know, she has been a team that has been synonymous with the international uh, firepower of this Australian team for many, many years. Um, I think a lot of people who have followed the WNBA, they know her and the impact that she has had. What kind of, you know, 
I always feel like veterans are such a calming force, especially in an international competition. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's really maybe one of her biggest roles is that she just brings so much experience to the floor that if there's going to be a game where they get 15 minutes out of her, they get 35, just having Lauren Jackson on the floor and part of this team is a huge thing for Australia. Oh, for no, like, absolutely. I mean, she hasn't, she hasn't really played all that much which is to be expected. She's 41 years old. Yeah. Um, so as much as you can get out of her is is excellent. But weirdly, she's turned into a pretty good outside shooting threat. Um, she went two for four from three today um, and hit some pretty critical three-pointers that helped Australia prevail over Canada, um, which was a huge win for them and ended up securing them that spot um, in, in the play, the knockout round. So, um, I mean, she she's had limited minutes, but in her limited minutes has been really, really a good force for them. And I think to your point, um, has been really steady for them, especially as they dealt with Rebecca Allen going down with injury, um, and some pretty chaotic opening moments. Um, that first game was maybe one of the sloppiest performances I've seen from them in a while. So having her there as kind of a, a force to, for calm and, and collectedness has, has certainly helped fuel their comeback. I would say. All right, let's talk about Team USA because as they go for a fourth consecutive gold, the last was mm -hmm. in 2018 in Spain. Now, I think as we do the math, everybody knows that there, I don't, I, there was no World Cup in 2020 because of COVID. So, therefore, that's why there's been this big span. We had the Olympics last year. The Americans come home with the gold medal after that win of Japan in the gold medal game. Mm -hmm. um, as you look at the games that has happened so far, uh, as you said, it's kind of been this up and down that we've seen some like fantastic and just obliterating offensive performances, some really good defensive performances as well. But it is now we're getting to crunch time where if I'm Cheryl Reeves and she's got her coaching staff together to say, OK, now we've got to put it all together. We've got to have both the offensive firepower and the defensive firepower come together. I think every player on this roster has a role. They're each going to have, whether they're going to be more of a defensive stopper or a scorer. Um, but 145 points scored against South Korea last night, I guess in Australia or however we want to do that. Their last game, we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so coming, out of that, coming from that and heading into the knockout round, I feel like this Team USA really is hitting their stride. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to be feeling pretty great after, after being like two records in one game um, and basically covering the spread for that game all by yourself. <laughs> I pretty nearly did that. Um, so that's pretty, that's, I mean, there's no other way to, to put it. You, you have to feel pretty great offensively. Um, the U S have one more game uh, in this preliminary stage. That'll be versus Bosnia and Herzegovina. Today um, at midnight, um, Alex, Simon, and I will be back on Playback to talk about that. Um, so feel free to join us. Um, the link is probably in our Twitter bio or something like that. Um, but that is sure to be probably another blowout win, to be honest. I mean, Bosnia has already been eliminated from the knockout round, so they're really just trying to at least put something out on the floor. I, I am happy that this is for this last game, John Cole Jones is going to be able to hang out with her friends. Um, she'll be able to see Alyssa Thomas and Brianna Jones again um, right. and, and just really go out with a bang. So I'm expecting good things from, from JJ in this game, but I mean, yeah, I think this is really a time for the U S to 
finalize those rotations and really get a handle on what their go-tos are going to be for the, for the knockout round. Um, I think last game, I mean, we went from 21-21 tied halfway through the first quarter to like well over, um, well over 50 points scored by the half. So, I mean, the U S really figured out like who they need to bring in if they need a refresh during that, during that, that Korea game. Um, and so really finalizing that sort of roster adjustment, uh, maybe trying a couple of other things out, um, I think will be will be what we see from them in this last game. And then heading into the knockout stage, I mean, it really depends on who they draw first and when. <laughs> um, if you're the U.S., I mean, I think you're, um, you're looking for, um, I mean, whatever you can really get. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that they could put together um, a good showing against any number of these teams. Um, I think their toughest opponents that have qualified – um, our China, um, obviously that was the toughest game that they've had so far, probably mm-hmm. even then it wasn't, it wasn't the hardest game ever, but still it was, and I think China will have a lot more motivation to beat the U S in the playoffs for sure. Um, so, um, there's at least that, um, Canada, I think would also be a tough matchup for them despite their loss to Australia today. Um, Canada really has it together on both ends of the field in a way that I don't think most teams do. Uh, Except maybe Australia after today, to be honest. Um, They've really turned it around recently. But um, yeah, they're just a really well-balanced team, um, which I think, I mean, the U.S. is well-balanced in a way that is like unreachable for anyone else at this point. Um, But but Canada at least has that aspect to them where they're not relying on one or two players to really go off um, in order to to get them the win. So um, that would be one that I would be interested to see. and then Australia is another one. Um, they qualified for the for the final today, um, so we will see them somewhere somehow. <laughs> um, and they're they're similar, I think. Um, even though Rebecca Allen has gone down, and we don't know whether she'll be back for um, any part of the World Cup after this, um, I sure hope so. Uh, right. She was a really, really great piece for them. Um, but even without her, I mean, there have been some really key pieces that have stepped up in her stead. Uh, Stephanie Talbot being one of them. Um, she had a near triple double today, which was pretty crazy to watch, um, especially given, you know, she played pretty limited offensively, uh, pretty limitedly offensively in Seattle. It was more of a defensive stalwart, which still is here, but just to see her explode pretty much offensively was really, really impressive. Um, and then obviously Izzy Magador is a star in every sense of the word. So Australia would be another interesting matchup for them to get early on in the knockout round. Well, I think scheduling is, as you as you mentioned, one more game for the United States in the preliminary round. Then they head to the knockout round. Scheduling is going to be a big factor. I think rest mm-hmm. comes into that to be able to get some yes. of these players who just haven't had very much simply because of the playoffs, the travel, all of the above. More time mm-hmm. for them to spend together, maybe going over strategy, breaking down film, which I know the coaches are going to be looking into. One player we haven't talked a lot about that I just want to mention real briefly because obviously she's one of the very best in the game. And I think Brianna Stewart is between Mm -hmm. one of those players that when Team USA needs somebody to put them on their back, she's going to be that kind of player. You know, she had 22 points in that Belgium win. And sometimes what she does on the floor is incredibly quiet. You don't always see it. It Mm -hmm. might be a big rebound here or simply because she draws attention, she's going to open the floor for other players. 
but it seems to me that a little bit about how Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson go, Team USA is going to go here as they head into that knockout round and looking to get to that finals, which is on October 1st. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a lot of Brianna Stewart in this upcoming preliminary game. Uh, it looked like she was wearing one of those like fancy back heating pad contraptions after um, she came off of the floor during their last game, um, which she only played like a couple. She didn't play a lot um, in their last matchup against Korea. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, again, just rest wise, I wouldn't be surprised if we just don't see her all that right. much or at all tomorrow <laughs> um, or this evening, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that she'll make a reappearance um, for the finals. Um, and especially given just how efficient she's been able to be, even with her limited minutes. I mean, she scored, what was it? Um, 18 points, three rebounds and two assists in 13 minutes. Um, so there's just like, no, there's no stopping her when she's on the floor, no matter how long she's on the floor for. Um, and so I think even in limited minutes, she could make a really big impact for them. Yeah, if I'm Cheryl Reeve, I'm going to have a hard time figuring out a way not to offer on <laughs> So you've got to, as you said, you got to use your time wisely, get her some reps if she needs it, but mm -hmm. be ready for the rest of this knockout round. And the 2022 FIBA World Cup Finals will be on October 1st. There's going to be all sorts of action in between them. And as you heard just a little bit ago, you can catch Isabel and others on playback tonight watching the next <laughs> Team USA game as they play Bosnia-Herzegovina. So other than finding you at Playback Tonight, where does everybody find you on a daily basis? I'm pretty much always on Twitter um, at IsabelBarroso78 is my handle. Um, you can find me at The Next. Um, I write our newsletter that is, I guess, less daily now, <laughs> but it was daily during the WNBA season. Um, and so you can subscribe to our newsletter for free um, over at thenexthoops.com. Um, and you can also, um, find me at the daily Princetonian, which is the Princeton newspaper. I write about women's basketball there, uh, as well as a number of other women's sports. Um, and, uh, yeah, Princeton women's basketball is a, always a joy to cover. They are, they are electric in ways that few other Ivy teams are. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm the college basketball person through and through here. That's my, mm -hmm. that's my other house. I tell everybody on a daily basis. So I love to talk Ivy hoops, which means you and I are going to do that more <laughs> often, especially once we hit October all the way through March. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel. And thank you to everybody out there for listening and watching and for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. I am Missy Heydrich. With the next hoops, you can find me on Twitter at Missy Heydrich. Follow this podcast at Lockdown Women's Basketball and at the next hoops because we will keep you covered. Please join us all this week for more episodes. I'll be here tomorrow with a look at the news around college basketball, including conference schedules are getting released. We've got news on transfer rules, all of the above. But also, don't forget, more FIBA World Cup 2022 coming. We will keep you up to date. And it is all right here on Locked On Women's Basketball. Now, make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We will see you next time right here on Lockdown Women's Basketball.